the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's a fact. If the riches of the wealthy were given to the average American, the rich would have their wealth back in no time at all. Not because they're more deserved, but because they do a really great job of getting us to spend it back to them. And once it's in their hands, they work it to their self-interest. The host of Get Rich Slow, Jim McAleese, believes the financial decisions you make today will guide your financial destiny tomorrow. Jim teaches you to plan for the worst and then hope for the best. America is under no obligation to provide what you need. Entitlements are out. Opportunity is today's watchword. Money matters can be intimidating, but they don't have to be. So let's supercharge your wealth building plan now with Jim McAleese. Welcome to Get Rich Flow. This is your buddy school for financial winning. Here we explore strategies to help you prosper. We look at the big picture and then develop plans, plans to help guide our families to meet their financial goals. Get Rich Flow gives you solid financial strategies, strategies that will help improve your financial life. If you want the truth, not the hype, Please join us for the next hour for Get Rich Slow. I'm Jim McAleese, Certified Financial Planner and President of Cornerstone Consultants Incorporated. Where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group Incorporated, which is a member of FINRA and Civic. Cornerstone Consultants is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. Well, good morning and Today, I'm definitely ready for sunny days and the arrival of spring. That doesn't happen until the 19th of the month, but hey, I'm waiting. I'm ready. The forecast for the week is not too bad, uh, which is definitely an improvement of last Wednesday and Thursday's blustery winds and low temperatures. (laughs) Winter, please leave us soon, if not now. The birds are returning to my place. The morning doves, the nuthatches, the downy woodpeckers. I saw a bright red cardinal from my kitchen window. I've seen them this this winter, too. I haven't noticed any robins or red-winged blackbirds yet. And the red-winged blackbirds are the gold standard for the arrival of spring. When I was enjoying the milder weather, I spotted these green shoots appearing more and more each day. And no buds yet, but they're too, they're too small. But hopefully, uh, the buds will appear soon, too. Although we know springtime can't be too far away now, we still have lots of things to do inside the house, 
And in the back of our mind, we know we need to get our tax returns ready and also check over our investments and and basically develop our plans for our future. Overall, this has been a mixed but mostly good week for U.S. equities, with two of the three major U.S. stock indices closing up for the week. In fact, the Standard & Poor 500 and the NASDAQ Composite set new record highs this week. But don't feel sorry for the Dow Jones Industrial Average because it hit its a record high last week. This week, the renewed rally in tech uh, companies continued and pushed the tech-heavy standard and poor 500 and the NASDAQ composite to their new record highs. The economic news this week was mixed with the latest inflation measurement from the Commerce Department. Uh, that's the Personal Consumption Expenditure Price Index. That's the one that the uh, Federal Reserve likes to use engaging inflation versus the one that we, you know, we we are most familiar with, and uh, that's the Consumer Price Index. The Consumer Price Index is put out by the Department of Labor and the uh, Personal Consumption Expenditure uh, is put out by the uh, Department of Commerce. And of course, there the, the concept is the same, but the the components are different, like uh, uh, the CPI, the CPI, about 35% of the spending uh, that they assume is done in the uh, by the consumer, 35% of that is in the housing, you know, and, and what it costs to run the house and the rents and stuff like that, whereas in the personal consumption expenditure, only about 15% is consumed by housing. So there's differences in how they do it. But the important thing is that the Federal Reserve likes the uh, personal consumption expenditure. So uh, that came out, I think it was Tuesday or I think sometime this week. And uh, that had uh, some good news and bad news there. Uh, the way it, uh, it came out was the personal consumption expenditure showed that inflation uh, increased three-tenths of 1% month-to-month. That means in um, from December to January, or January, and the year, a year-to-year was 2.4%. And then if you take away the food and fuel, uh, food and energy, you get the core personal consumption expenditure, and that increased four-tenths of a percent. Uh, month to month, and uh, 2.8% over that 12-month period from the uh, end of January through, uh, uh, from January to January. So uh, uh, it was good in the sense that uh, it shows that inflation is coming down, particularly the year-to-year number. You know, the year-to-year number showed a 24 uh, percent change uh, uh, for the all, uh, call it the headline, uh, personal consumption expenditure and the core uh, came out at 2.8, which is getting down to closer and closer to the uh, goal, which is 2.0 percent inflation. But the uh, the difficult part about it 
is that uh, uh, if I take a look at the, the personal consumption expenditure for December and compare that to December to January numbers, I'm seeing that in December, the month to month uh, was only one tenth of one percent, whereas in in January it was three tenths of a percent. So that was for the uh, uh, all item uh, personal consumption expenditure, and the core uh, uh, in December it was increased inflation increased one inflation was one tenth of one percent. But in January, it was up to four tenths of a percent. But the redeeming quality of the whole thing is that the year-to-year numbers were moving in the right direction. If I take a look at the uh, uh, year-to-year numbers for uh, uh, for December, uh, it was 2.6 and uh, 2.9 for the core. Personal consumption expenditure. If I take a look at the ones for January, it was 2.4 and 2.8. So uh, inflation is going down in the right direction. Is that month to month? It was uh, that was a little scary, and that showed up in the uh, CPI numbers um, that came out a while ago too, and. Uh, uh, also, lifting the uh, helping lift the equities this uh, uh, week was the results in the sense that uh, the fourth quarter earnings are basically all wrapped up, and basically nearly all the standard and four or five hundred companies uh, their fourth quarter earnings look great. Uh, they beat expectations, and uh, it's another boost for the. Uh, uh, equities markets. In addition, investors are becoming more comfortable with the Federal Reserve's plan to delay the start of the interest rate cuts. So, uh, uh, until they have more, basically, they're saying that they need more months of falling inflation uh, so that they can become more confident and uh, uh, before they begin to cut it. And uh, uh, if you recall, originally they were thinking about uh, investors wanted to do it in they were thinking the Federal Reserve would be getting cuts in March uh, at the last uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting. The Federal Reserve said basically, hell no, uh, you know, uh, March is not going to be uh, something we we don't don't really think about it. So. Uh, so uh, they want to see. In fact, basically, officials are watching to see whether uh, uh, January's jump in consumer prices was a fluke or a roadblock on the way towards lower inflation. So uh, the Federal Reserve's bank presidents and governors—they've been busy this past week speaking about uh, possible moves and. Uh, Governor uh, uh, Kugler is uh, cautiously, quote, cautiously optimistic, unquote. This is from the Wall Street Journal that inflation will cool without a notable rise in, in unemployment. Uh, Atlanta Fed President uh, Rafael Bostic 
he wants to wait to start cutting rates until inflation recedes farther so the central bank doesn't have to go back and reverse course later. Uh, his Dallas counterpart, Lori Logan, note that it is likely uh, likely be appropriate to start slowing the pace at which the Fed uh, shrink their balance sheet. She was taking a look at the balance sheet rather than cutting the interest rates. Uh, Chicago Fed uh, President uh, uh, Goolsby told uh, CNBC that officials should keep rates elevated until they're convinced inflation is on track to return to the 2% target. His Richmond counterpart, Thomas Barkin, uh, said markets are pricing in fewer rate reductions this year in response to economic data, not because the central bank is is winning a battle with the investors. And uh, uh, Federal Reserve Jerome Chairman uh, Jerome Powell, uh, he looks set to echo his good colleagues in suggesting that rate cuts are likely to begin quote later this year unquote. Uh, he said that at the last uh, uh, Federal Open Market Committee meeting, and he's also going to make a presentation to Congress. Uh, I guess two presentations to Congress, one to the Senate, one to the House uh, next week. Maybe they'll, maybe some information will come out of that too. And in addition, this week the uh, manufacturing. Uh, sector, which basically had been contracting, uh, but but you know not uh, uh, not uh, in a big way, but it's uh, it ended its expansion about a year ago, and has been con- contracting ever since, and uh, it showed some possible but confusing signs of improvement this week with the Institute of Supply Management uh, Manufacturing Index showing showing that contraction is continuing, but uh, S&P Global Manufacturing uh, PMI Index uh, showed that uh, the manufacturing is starting to expand. So uh, we'll talk about the details of that later in the show today, too. And there was a this was a mixed week for global equities, but basically a good week for U.S. equities as the uh, uh, renewed uh, rally in tech companies continued and the tech-heavy uh, NASDAQ composite and the Standard & Poor 500 both set new records this week. Overseas, in the U.K., the FTSE 100 was down for the week. And in the uh, European Union, both Germany's uh, DAX and the stock Europe 600, uh, both of them closed up for the week. So, and in Asia, Asia was also mixed with Japan's Nikkei 225 closing up for the week. But in China, both the Shanghai Composite and Hong Kong's Hang Seng uh, closed down for the week. So, on Friday, the three major U.S. stock indices. Uh, closed the week at the Dow Jones, uh, closed at 39,087.38, and it was down 
percent for the week, uh, but basically it was up 3.7 percent year to date. Uh, the standard of Poor 500 uh, closed at 5,137.08, and that was up 0.95 percent uh, for the week, and also up 7.7 percent year to date. And the NASDAQ composite closed at 16,274.94, and that was up uh, 1.74% uh, for the week, and uh, up 8.42% uh, year to date. So, all in all, <clears throat> you know, January and February were uh, basically good. Uh, good months uh, for the uh, the equities markets and uh, uh, also for the uh, for the bond markets too. In the sense that the bond yields came down a little bit uh, uh, past week too. So uh, to me, if they uh, uh, if you look at the big picture, uh, the labor market is still. Reasonably tight. Uh, the unemployment record, uh, the last time we saw it, was 3.7%, uh, which is near a 50 year low. Uh, the uh, manufacturing, uh, as I said before, is uh, has slowed down, and that's because the Federal Reserve had increased the interest rates and slowed down manufacturing. And uh, they also slowed down home construction, too. Uh, but the the uh, it wasn't in the case of manufacturing it wasn't uh, dramatic it just slowed it down to the point where uh, it was in some sort of a uh, light contraction uh, mode and uh, uh, that's one of the you know the the Federal Reserve likes that position right now because it's uh, one of the things that the Federal Reserve most fears is a wage price spiral, and they do not want a they want an economy that's uh, strong but not uh, a runaway economy. Otherwise, they'll be facing uh, inflation going the other direction again. So, uh, so what you're seeing is that the the uh, economy is good, and strong, and. Uh, uh, we're in the posture of uh, getting ready to uh, cut the interest rates. And when that happens, that generally is good for stocks, good for companies, good for business, and and, uh, uh, and also good for the consumer, too. So, But the important thing now is uh, what's happening in your uh, financial plan. So... Uh, Hopefully, uh, you've put together, you've identified your goals, uh, you know when you're going to uh, have to really get involved in those goals, like uh, those people that are, you know, 65 to 70, they're uh, getting ready to retire, so uh, they're concerned mostly about what the future holds, because the uh, they're moving out of the workforce into retirement, and uh, uh, then all their uh, savings and things of this nature, in terms of 
putting saving money and putting it away and invest investing it are really coming into play now. Now they move into retirement with a uh, social security and perhaps a pension uh, and perhaps their four hundred one k or four hundred three b. So, uh, but all the love, even before you get to retirement, <clears throat> there's all sorts of goals in life. Uh, from the youngest who's interested in uh, a new car or a car and uh, an apartment to uh, uh, starting a family and to establishing a standard of living for the family and and an education and uh, and, uh, things of this nature that just consume, (laughs) consume every dollar that's available. So you really have to get in there and uh, put your savings away before you uh, begin to support, truly support that, that uh, standard of living. So uh, the important thing is to identify the goals, identify the schedule for the goals, how much money you're going to need to achieve those goals, and set up a savings and investing plan so that uh, uh, you can... Uh, achieve those goals and stay on top of it and watch it uh, watch it grow or if it's not growing uh, take some sort of an action to uh, rectify the situation or in some cases just be patient and uh, uh, let the markets uh, take care of it. Uh, one of the things that you basically uh, uh, in terms of getting that Savings out, you have to be able to pay off your credit card debt. A lot of people are, uh, you take a look at the uh, uh, the consumer spending. Uh, some of that consumer spending has been coming from uh, taking money out of their savings. The other consumer spending is coming from the access to the credit card and they're running up credit card debt. So. The way to get ahead is basically to pay off the credit card debt, particularly when you're talking a look you're taking a look at twenty four to twenty five percent interest and then what you do is uh, uh have an emergency fund and then stash enough cash uh for about three to six months so that if you lose a job or get injured that it's not a, a catastrophe a financial catastrophe. And uh, then in order to to be able to save, I think what you need is a written budget. And uh, certainly at the beginning, uh, you have to be able to identify where you're spending your money. That means going through your checkbook and you're going through your uh, charge card statements to say, hey, where's the money going? And... uh, uh, then it's the then it's the function of uh, how much money is coming in to take home pay versus the uh, money that's going out the door and allocating a certain amount of it for savings and uh, making sure that those savings uh, come out if you're getting paid uh, every two weeks or monthly and make sure that the savings come out before you start spending any money so. Oh, so get together a budget and uh, 
certainly with the beginning, you have to pay attention to the budget, but after a while, you get into a habit, and uh, you can roll along with knowing that so much money is being saved each month and uh, where it's going, and then uh, you don't have to hover around it like uh, something that's going to fall apart. And uh, and then what you buy, only what you need and not what you want. And uh, make sure that your kids do the same. And uh, also uh, uh, for the older uh, people, uh, give your children and grandchildren your memories, uh, pieces of your mind and, and lessons from the school of hard knocks. And instead of trying to buy them, uh, basically with... Uh, uh, material things. So uh, be there for them, but not uh, uh, not enabling them to to uh, live on their credit cards and uh, 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 run up uh, the, the credit card debt to the point where you know there's going to be a, a disaster somewhere in the uh, in the future, when they suddenly realize that uh, those credit card debts are too high. Okay, so, and uh, at that point, uh, you got your savings squared away, your investing squared away. It's a matter of staying on top of it and uh, making changes as necessary. Uh, (laughs) In some cases, when the markets are going down, you just Put it in, put the statements in your drawer and don't worry about them. Uh, it's the it's the long term uh, future uh, of the uh, of your investment that you have to worry about. And uh, if you get wrapped up into the immediate details, why well, you can basically drive yourself uh, uh, crazy doing stuff like that. So uh, this is Jim McAleese. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's 1-888-281-1110. It's 1-888-281-1110. Give us a call. Give us your ideas or questions. Uh, we'll be happy to try to answer them. And stay tuned. We'll be right back after a word from our sponsor. Hi, I'm Colleen, producer of Get Rich Slow. Each week, we take calls from people just like you who have questions for our host, Jim McAleese. Oftentimes, however, Jim can't answer all your questions because of time restraints and the need for more detailed information. That's why we encourage you to call Cornerstones Consultants, Inc., the financial counseling service founded by Jim and Tama McAleese. Cornerstones Consultants, Inc. has helped thousands of clients get more for their money. Whether your financial goal is to avoid common investing mistakes, finding your next home, planning for retirement, finding the right mutual fund, or covering your assets with the right kind of insurance, Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. will guide you to wise financial choices. So call Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. for an appointment today. That number again, 440-647-2793. Now back to more Get Rich Slow with Jim Magalies.
Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. This is your host this morning, Jim McAleese. Uh, you know, one of the things that uh, uh, our fate hinges on and, and that we pay particular attention to is that uh, cost of living or, or uh, you know, what happens in that uh, uh, personal income and outlay. So uh, that comes out in that uh, uh, Department of Commerce report. So in, in January, uh, consumers uh, increased their spending or personal consumption expenditures uh, by two tenths of a percent from December, and even as their personal income increased one one percent. So the personal income increased one percent in, in January from December, and the spending, consumer spending increased two-tenths of a percent. Well, that's, that's good news. <laughs> We're doing it the right way. There's been, there's been a lot of months where it was a reverse, where we were spending more than the uh, income was less than the uh, spending. So the month before, uh, consumer spending increased. That was in, uh, in December. It increased seven-tenths of one percent. Uh, and the personal income increased only uh, three tenths of one percent. So, and where did the money go? Okay, in January, the consumer spending increased forty-three point nine billion dollars. These are increases in from December, and uh, and uh, that uh, forty-three point nine billion dollars in spending. 121 billion uh, went for spending for services, and we decreased the spending on goods by 77 billion. So, within services, the largest uh, uh, contributor to the uh, increase was uh, housing and utilities, uh, financial services, and insurances. Definitely not not fun items, and uh, while consumer spending on goods decreased in things like uh, motor vehicles and parts, gasoline, and prescription drugs. So uh, basically, what you're seeing is the the concept of buying more services and less uh, goods. Uh, that's been going on ever since the the COVID. Uh, uh, stopped or, you know, decreased when uh, we were cooped up in the house with uh, COVID. And so we bought uh, goods and uh, the services uh, slacked off. But now once we got out out and uh, uh, from under this COVID, it's been spending on services and not goods. So uh, if you take a look at... Uh, the recent things in January, uh, uh, the the uh, spending or uh, the personal income went up one percent, or went up two hundred and thirty three point seven billion dollars, and the spending uh, went up two tenths of a percent, or forty three point nine billion dollars. Now, if we take into account inflation and say, okay, 
let's talk about real spending uh, then the uh, real spending went down one tenth of one percent and this, the spending on goods went down 1.1 percent and uh, <coughs> excuse me let me get a cup of uh, my sip of tea here and then um, the uh, durable goods uh, spending went down 2% in January and non-durable went down a half a percent and services, spending on services in January went up four tenths of a percent. So the latest report also uh, gives us, uh, provides a, a latest uh, inflation information in terms of the personal consumption expenditure price index. And as I said before, that's another method of calculating inflation that uses a slightly different methodology. Uh, and if we compare the two numbers, uh, let's, let's, uh, let's take a minute and compare the personal consumption expenditure for January, the one that came out this week, with the consumer price index for January, and that came out about two weeks ago. If we take a look and say, okay, how much did, uh, for the headline, you know, including food and fuel, how much did goods and services, uh, uh, how much was inflation in, in uh, uh, January, uh, month to month? In the uh, personal consumption expenditure, it went up three-tenths of a percent. In uh, the consumer price index, it went up three-tenths of a percent month to month. If we talk about year to year, what happened over a 12-month period, uh, the personal consumption expenditure said uh, 2.4% was the inflation number, and the CPI uh, showed 31 and if we take away the uh, food and fuel, uh, the personal consumption expenditure shows the uh, year-to-year inflation uh, in January was 2.8%. And if we take a look at the CPI, it was 3.9%. And as I said before, there's a difference between the two methodologies. One of the big differences in, is the... Uh, the shelter cost, uh, the CPI puts a more emphasis, a bigger number, 35% of the CPI number is involved with the housing costs, whereas only about 15% of the personal consumption expenditure is involved in, in housing costs. So uh, in any case, they're moving in the right direction, and the one that the Federal Reserve pays attention to is basically that 2.8%, and uh, that's the one that they want down, uh, that year-over-year number is the one they want down. They want to get to 2%, and uh, there's been a lot of uh, guesses uh, that they'll get there by the end of this year. Uh, get down to two percent inflation, but uh, you know those are only guesses. And uh, even if they don't get there by the end of the year, just the very fact that 
uh, inflation is going down uh, at a reasonably fast rate is uh, basically good news. Uh, it's also good news that the uh, uh, the economy is still growing. In other words, there was a time when uh, you know all this uh, stuff about uh, increasing the interest rates had people scared about uh, what's that going to do to the economy and the gross domestic product. And uh, what it shows is that uh, uh, the second estimate for the fourth quarter gross domestic product shows that the uh, the gross domestic product grew at a annual version uh, of 3.2%. And uh, uh, that corrected, it was uh, 3.3%. <laughs> percent <laughs> from the first estimate. So uh, basically, what you're seeing is that the uh, economy is still strong. The, the gross domestic product is growing at about 3.3 uh, percent a year, and uh, the uh, current gross domestic product uh, for all the goods and services that are spent during the year. Uh, the annual um, the spending is about $27.94 trillion. That's the uh, amount of goods and services that are spent for each year. So that's close to $28 trillion a year. Uh, this is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, you can give us a call over our toll-free number. It's one eight eight eight. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. (laughs) I think I'm coming back. I think I'm coming back. (laughs) Okay. Welcome back to Get Rich Slow. I, I had to get a, a cup of uh, a cup of tea here to clear up my my uh, cough here. So uh, let me go back to uh, basically more good news as to what's happening here, and that's the uh, University of Michigan uh, survey of consumers and uh, consumer sentiment as measured by the University of Michigan survey, uh, basically, uh, you know, moved sideways in uh, February, but remained at an elevated level that jumped up to in January. So uh, in, in December was one level that it popped up in January, and now it's continuing at that that high level, and uh, and uh, consumers recognize that inflation 
was following a significant downward trajectory. And it showed that, uh, uh, for instance, in, um, uh, like in December, the index of consumer sentiment was uh, 69.7. And then in January, it jumped up to 79. And then in February, it was 76.9. So it's up there, it jumped up. And I think it reflects that people's people are understanding that inflation is coming down and they're feeling much more in tuned with uh, buying and things of this nature rather than just sitting there scared to death. Uh, let, me, let me take a minute. Let's go to the phones. Hello. Hi there. This is Jim McAleese. Can I help you? Yeah. Hi. Hi. Nancy. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great. How about yourself? Okay, uh, I'm uh, calling to find out what you think about these uh, lifetime benefits payout annuities. Okay. Because uh, uh, I know now, now that lifetime is that just a certain amount of years, or it's till you die? <laughs> and what do you think well, about it? Yeah, the, typically an annuity, uh, you know, is until you die. In other words, an annuity, for instance, like a. Uh, a single person, they want to take out an annuity for uh, until, and it's good for maybe this standard payment until the day you die. And then if there's a couple, uh, what happens there is that uh, uh, you know that payment will continue until uh, both the people in the couple are dead. So. Uh, to me, it's 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 uh, useful uh, uh, if if uh, in certain cases. Uh, to me, uh, it's, it's useful if you're kind of strapped. I'd, I'd say for um, uh, you know, if, if you have a certain amount of money. Let's say uh, you've got a hundred or a hundred and fifty thousand dollars to get you from now until the day you die. Let's say you're sixty-five years old, and uh, that's what you have is uh, maybe a hundred thousand uh, dollars and uh, Social Security. Uh, to me, uh, going for a guaranteed uh, uh, payment for life is probably the best choice because it is guaranteed. Uh, it doesn't take into account inflation. So, you know, we've just gone through a bout of inflation where everything costs 20% more uh, after, you know, for these three years that we went through 22, 21, 22, and 23. Now, uh, I know uh, you can... Now, I know when you put your initial deposit in, that deposit goes up and down with the uh, market. And I was told that if you don't take, you know, your minimum distribution they allow you every year, that you could really uh, gain some nice money uh, at the end of the term of the policy, which usually those are about seven uh, years. And, of course, the lifetime benefit still goes on. But that, does that mean you still that you have to keep renewing the... Uh, Annuity, then? Yeah, I, I I really couldn't tell you. There's all sorts of, there's all sorts of annuities, and I really couldn't you know describe an annuity to you 
uh, in the, they're useful for certain people. Uh, the, the the problem that I have with annuities is that uh, the particularly the indexed annuities they they pretend that you're going up and down with the market. You know, the index to the standard and four or five hundred or to the Dow Jones, but it really doesn't go that full range. Uh, if the the index goes up seven uh, percent in a year, it doesn't. That uh, uh, annuity will not go up seven percent. Your money in the annuity. Uh, oh, okay. The, the well, I know I, that they have a, some. Some of them offer a guaranteed interest yeah. interest rate. So that that's what they'll follow is the guaranteed interest rate. Yeah, yeah, and and basically, I look at an annuity as the the big thing about an annuity is the guarantees that you'll basically uh, get your money back plus a little bit more. Uh, it doesn't include it, it, it. In my mind, it's not as good as the uh, investing in uh, uh, stocks and bonds. Uh, it's a guarantee, and the so the for more company, of the low uh, low income people, at least you got this extra money exactly. coming in every year. Exactly. In other words, if you can't, if you don't have enough money to uh, take some risk with regard to uh, the uh, stock market and the bond market, then uh, the annuities will guarantee the rates of return, but they have to. Uh, most annuities, you've got fixed annuities, you've got indexed annuities, you've got variable annuities. The most popular one is the indexed annuities. They all have to be invested in bonds. Uh, no, the, the indexed and the fixed annuities are generally invested in bonds. And uh, uh, there's just no way that, there's no way that you can get ahead uh, just investing in the bonds alone. So, uh, to me, uh, so the variable would be more risky, but more income yes. if you do good. It, it, yes, more risky, but uh, has a possibility of a greater return. The the other uh, the two aspects that I don't like about annuities are uh, one is the uh, uh, the very fact that it doesn't. Uh, account for inflation, and there's no way to get around inflation. You've made an agreement, and you're going to stick with this payments once the payments start. And the other okay. part is that uh, uh, when you pass on, there's nothing left. In other words, it, it's basically uh, if you're uh, 65 years old and you go on the annuity and uh, 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 the you make it past 85, which is generally for a 65-year-old person is generally their life expectancy. Uh, they're giving you payments that would have gone to somebody else that uh, has died early. So, oh, okay. Me, so basically, um, um, uh, you have to realize that uh, you're guaranteeing you, but there's nothing left to pass on. Exactly. So All right, the, thank you. That, okay, you take care, Nancy. Right. This is Jim McAleese. You're listening to Get Rich Slow. Uh, 
Let me go over back to that uh, University of Michigan uh, survey of consumers sentiment. Uh, according to the numbers we're seeing here so far, uh, the people have come to grips with uh, that inflation is coming down. Their sentiments have uh, improved greatly uh, from December to January. And then the February numbers, the latest numbers, uh, show that that improvement is uh, staying with them. In fact, uh, if you take a look at the survey, uh, 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 their summary from uh, Joanne Hughes, um, quote, consumer sentiment moves sideways this month, slipping just two index points below January and holding the gains in sentiment seen over the past three months. Expected business conditions remain substantially higher than uh, last autumn, uh, with short-run expectations now 63% above and long-range expectations 46% above November of 2023 readings. Uh, for all but one index component, readings this month were higher than all values between mid-2021 and the end of 2023. Uh, consumers perceived few changes in the state of the economy since the start of the new year. They appear to be assured uh, that inflation will continue on a favorable trajectory and sentiment is currently eight points uh, shy of the historic average since uh, the 19. Uh, 78. So, and it goes on that talks about people's impression about inflation and where it's going to go and things of this nature. But it really, the gist of it is that consumers' confidence in inflation's downward path has uh, and uh, has real will have a real favorable impact on uh, buying decisions in the future. And I mean. When I talk about buying decisions, I mean uh, cars and homes and things of this nature. So uh, to me, uh, people have suddenly realized or caught on that, hey, inflation is going down and we're returning to normal. And uh, it's just a matter of time and be, and be patient. So to me, that's, that's good for people's decisions with regard to uh, uh, buying and selling things. Also, if I take a look at manufacturing, I mentioned manufacturing is uh, uh, kind of in a strange world now where it's um, some of the industries are contracting a little bit, other ones are expanding a little bit. And here's uh, uh, an assessment of manufacturing sector from S&P Global, which uses a different methodology than the Institute of Supply Management. Uh, but still, it's based upon surveys with managers in the industry. In February, they presented more optimistic picture than the Institute of Supply Management in a sense that uh, uh, February data, according to the S&P Global, uh, February data signaled a quicker pace 
of improvement in the health of the U.S. manufacturing sector. The overall rate of growth is the fastest since July of 2022, with the upturn supported by by a renewed increase in production and a quicker rise in new orders. So the seasonably adjusted uh, uh, S&P Global U.S. Manufacturing uh, Purchasing Managers Index posted 52.2 in February, up from 50.7 in January. Now, a number of 50 represents a a neutral number. Anything greater than 50 indicates an expansion. Anything less than 50 indicates a contraction. And according to Chris Williamson, who is the chief business economist, uh, quote, manufacturing is showing encouraging signs of pulling out of the blades that has dogged the goods-producing sector for more for much of the past two years, after a long spell of reducing inventories in order to cut costs, factories are now increasingly rebuilding uh, warehouse stock levels, driving up demands for inputs, and pushing production higher at a pace not seen since uh, early 2022. There are also signs of stronger demand for consumer goods linked in part to signs of the cost of living uh, crisis uh, easing. So firms are consequently investing in more staff, more equipment, laying the foundation for future production gains in the coming months to hopefully drive a stronger and more sustainable recovery of the manufacturing economy. Problems with shipping disruptions and supply chains earlier in the year have eased, uh, taking some pressures off input prices. Uh, Though factory gate uh, prices are recovering amid stronger customer demand, uh, which will be an area to watch closely in the coming months as the uh, um, policymakers assess the appropriateness and timing of any interest rates cuts. So uh, basically, the S&P Global, they're figuring that, uh, okay, it's expanding, whereas when we take a look at the Institute of Supply Management, uh, they say that uh, uh, the numbers have uh, fallen down below. In other words, the... uh, Manufacturing sector activity was in contraction for the 16th consecutive month, uh, and uh, demand is in the early stages of recovery and production execution is relatively stable compared to January as panelists, companies uh, begin to prepare for expansion. So, uh, the Hopefully, the uh, manufacturing will pick up uh, over the next uh, six months, and uh, 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 it's all in in terms of a strong economy getting stronger. At the same time, at the same time, inflation is coming down. So, all good news. This is Jim McAleese. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
Welcome back to Get Rich Flow. You know, sometimes uh, when we need help, an angel comes along and they give us a hand. And, uh, you know, it surprises us. But, uh, hey, it's, it's always a helping hand is always welcome. And the question is, what do angels look like? And here's an article from 1990 by Veronica A. And her answer is, an angel looks like a little old lady who returned your wallet yesterday. He looks like the taxi driver who told you that your eyes light up the world when you smile. An angel looks like the small child who showed you the wonders of simple things. He looks like a, a little old person who offered to share their lunch with you. Like the rich person who showed you it really is all possible, if only you believe. An angel looks like the stranger who just happened along when you had lost your way. Like the friend who had touched your heart when you didn't think you had one left to touch. Angels come in all sizes and shapes, all ages and skin types, some with freckles, some with dimples, some with wrinkles, some without. They don't take life too seriously. They travel light. They leave no forwarding address and they ask for nothing in return. They basically wear sneakers with gossamer wings and they're hard to find when your eyes are closed but they're everywhere when you choose to see. So this week, let's try to be an angel where we can help somebody in need and until we meet again, may God protect you and keep you safe. You've been listening to Get Rich Slow with Jim McAleese of Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. Located at 47149 Bursley Road, Wellington, Ohio, 44090 where securities and investment advisory services are offered through Next Financial Group, Inc., a member of FINRA and SIPC. Cornerstone Consultants, Inc. is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group, Inc. The materials Jim shares is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of James McAleese and Cornerstone's Consultants, Inc., and not those of Next Financial Group, Inc. Next Financial Group does not provide tax advice. The S&P 500 is a market cap weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price weighted index of 30 actively traded blue chip stocks. To make an appointment with Jim regarding your own finances, call 440-647-2793. That number again, 440-647-2793. Jim will be back with Get Rich Slow next Saturday morning on 1420 WHK with more common sense finance strategies for financial winners. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.